Hey everybody, this is Stan Wangland and welcome to Just Thinking. I hope everybody is just fine today, wherever they are in the world. And um, what a day it is, as usual. There's been, there have been so many events, so many interesting things, so many dramatic things. Uh, you know, so much to talk about, even though everything seems to be connected one way or another. Excuse me. Uh, you know, to the coronavirus in some kind of way or spinoffs of that. And that's understandable. Um, with people, that's it's, I mean, how often do you get a pandemic of, of this, uh, you know, extreme degree? And I have to let folks know uh, today that, uh, of course, uh, you know, when I'm broadcasting, uh, I usually broadcast later on in the afternoon, but every once in a while I like to get up and, and I have a, um, an idea that I've been working on or something that's been going through my head. And of course, this is a big blessing from God uh, to me, the uh, ability to podcast and share this with all of you. Yeah, I'm being serious with that. I, I just I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Um, uh, I've, I've had a, kind of an epiphany last night uh, on realizing that a lot of the uh, individuals that I've been, you know, been disappointed with. For some of the, uh, not their political views, I can handle the differences of political views, but this bizarre uh, acceptance of just grossly inappropriate behavior and a lack of reality testing, I guess I was kind of attributing to kind of, uh, you know, politics and tribalism. And I've realized that it's really cult-like behavior. Or with some people, it's, you know, actually cult behavior. And I'll get into that in a minute uh, in terms of the show. But I want to let people know where I'm podcasting from. I was about to say where I'm broadcasting from. I have a broadcaster's mic here. And it's uh, I always feel like I'm Edward R. Murrow in World War II from, you know, reporting the Battle of Britain <laughs> for you history buffs out there. But uh, anyway, I'm uh, I live in uh, New York State in the United States of America. And uh, we have many foreign countries, so I like to uh, let people know where that is. And right now, presently, in this pandemic, we are ground zero um, in the pandemic. We are it. Uh, you know, it, this might have started in Wuhan, China. <clears throat> and uh, it is here now. We are the country with the highest number of cases, the highest number of deaths. And I live in the state with the highest number of cases and the highest number of deaths. So uh, it is not to be taken lightly uh, at any point. Uh, you don't have to jump out your window over it, to be sure. Um, but you, if you don't want to take this one seriously, well... You know, it's like I've said on several different shows now, if you've ever watched the old movie Dirty Harry, when he says to the to the guy he just shot and arrested, you know, he's looking to go for a gun. He says, well, how are you feeling? Are you feeling lucky? And that's about it. Uh, you know, it's, it's why I did that show the other day on Live Life Like a Card Counter. You have to be very, very careful and, and weigh your odds, particularly if you are any place in a, an epicenter like we are. Uh, to say the least, but um, getting back to the show, uh, we've had some remarkable, crazy behavior for the past uh, number of years. 
uh, here in the United States, uh, you know, politically and uh, economically and as a society. We've had that before during Vietnam in the 50s, in the 60s, uh, in the 80s. It, you know, it happens uh, after 9-11. But this has been particularly um, a crazy period. I would say in the 50s with the McCarthy era in the United States, for those of you who are not familiar, it was the anti-communist uh, era. People were being blacklisted. You had to go up and confess. It was like the Salem witch trials. And it, people became cultists with that. They were seeing, uh, you know, they were seeing uh, communists under the uh, under the bed. And, you know, that was due to the Cold War. Now we have a different thing going on here right now. And we have um, uh, we have a very uh, cult like uh, an actual cult kind of, uh, you know, behavior that that's that's going on. And, you know, when you're when you're. When you make statements like that, or I'm making a statement like that, you have to say, you know, now, come on, Stan, are, are you talking about a cult? Or, you know, I mean, a literal cult, or are you talking about people who have, you know, very fanatical uh, political or religious beliefs or things like that? No, I'm, I'm talking about a cult, and I can see there's, there's a difference. There are people who are very fanatical about things and they certainly appear to be cult like but they are not cult members um and they they really don't get to the extreme of being the people who drink the Kool-Aid they're just fanatics they're just rabid fans just what it says people who are at the extreme they're the outliers you know, they're the people who, uh, you know, at um, World Series time are screaming, we won, we won. You know, and they've got all the uniforms on and all the paraphernalia. They're not cultists. Uh, they're fanatics. Uh, I, I work with many fanatics, sport-wise kinds of things. And I, my tolerance for that was always very low. And uh, I would sometimes have fun with people and uh, particularly with sports fanatics. Uh, and I always found a lot of fanatics were people who never were involved in sports, weren't very good at sports, but they knew every average, every batting average, every player. You know, that's not the rule, but there were many people like that. And after a win of their team and they would come in and were screaming, we won, we won. I would always say that that's fascinating, Bill. And then he'd say, thanks, we won. I'd say, you know, I didn't see you out on the field there yesterday with the uh, Yankees. Uh, or, you know, were you on the, the DL list or something like that? I mean, you know, I'm a Yankees fan, but for Jesus sake, I'm, I'm not going to have a heart attack if they don't win the uh, World Series. I have in the past. <laughs> You know, all the things I accuse everybody else of being a cultist and a fanatic, of course, I've been or borderline uh, with those kinds of things, uh, as most of us have been. But, uh, you know, it, it was just a way of reminding people, hey, it's it's great to, to take that all seriously. But, you know, take a fucking chill pill and, uh, you know, take your Boston Red Sox hat off for a second and, and, and relax, you know, that kind of stuff. But we've got a whole different animal uh, out there right now, and it's uh, a very, very, very dangerous one. And, you know, the word cult, uh, is it's important to kind of define that. This isn't a lecture, but I, I don't want to go out there and just be, you know, 
pulling stuff out of my behind and, and, and telling you that, uh, well, this is just what I'm thinking. So it's true. Now there's a lot of very specific information and a lot of people who are expert. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem and I am the host of that's what she said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. On cults. As a matter of fact, you can go to a great site called study.com, which is actually a professional site for you to get, you know, it's affiliated with getting a college education. And if you take their anthropology review course, they have cults in there to the nth degree. There are many um, qualified cult experts that are consultants that are out there, um, you know, to uh, our government and, uh, you know, intelligence agencies and people who have been former cult members um, and have, uh, you know, shared their experiences uh, about cults. But when we think about a cult, or I'm talking about a cult, I'm using the classic sense. A cult is defined as a system or it's a group of people who practice excessive devotion. Here's where it comes in. It's like the difference between having some paranoid ideation, you know, thinking people are out to get you and they may, might be a little bit and being, you know, paranoid schizophrenic or having a, or having a, you know, a paranoid personality disorder where you have delusions and, you know, all kinds of crazy behaviors that have no basis in reality. But a cult is defined, again, as a system where people practice excessive devotion to a figure, an object, a belief system. So it could be like, uh, you know, the, the cult of the Holy Grail or something. You know, they usually, many times they're typically um, a religious kind of cults. You know, but typically they always have a charismatic leader and the leaders tend to be male. However, there's a lot of new information that there are cult groups with female leaders. And the term is, you know, it's it's commonly connected, like I said, with highly unorthodox religious sex. You might have like cults with this guy, Kenneth Copeland. Um, you know, or Jim Baker had the PTL cult. He's still around. He just got busted again for trying to sell silver, not, you know, silver, um, whatever it's called, a homeopathic um, uh, medicine that's used for mild infections and things like that. Colloidal silver, excuse me. You know, just, just horrific. Uh, and these cults usually take part in some kind of sinister practices and demonstrations. Um, and, you know, there's also non-religious cults, too. And good examples of those things have been like Charles Manson. He had a small cult, uh, and that was definitely a cult following. Uh, you had uh, the Heaven's Gate cult. Uh, that was one that was founded by a guy called Marshall Applewhite, I believe. And they had a, uh, like a belief system mixed with UFO ideology and biblical um, scripture. Um, and, you know, he had... Uh, 
uh, a crazy bunch of stuff with the, the human body only being a vehicle and so on and so forth. And this is the guy. He slowly uh, convinced his members that it was possible to leave this world behind and transcend to a higher re- uh, realm. So he believed, you know, consistent with that belief, this was the guy who uh, had his followers uh, drink the poison Kool-Aid uh, with the coming of the hale Bop Comet. You know, so uh, that was very wonderful when 39 of the members committed, uh, you know, super, you know, suicide in 1997 because they thought they were going to join with aliens uh, with, you know, uh, within the spaceship that uh, he had told them about. And this is the mark of cults. They deny reality. They deny what their eyes see. They deny the facts. Uh, you know, the, the, this is the difference between being a fanatic. You know, where somebody's saying, "Oh, yeah, you know, he's a, you know, he's a bright guy. He's whatever. He could be right. Well, yeah, he could be wrong too. But most of the time, you know, that's a fanatic. You know, the 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 cult level is when they can never be wrong, and when you're wrong, you know, you're out. Uh, you know, there's even uh, funnier, popular uh, cults. There's cults with singers. There's cults with artists. Uh, you know, particularly the art world. Uh, there are literary cults with authors. If you're into uh, spy novels, years ago would be Jean Lacar or Tom Clancy for, you know, all the military kinds of things. Uh, cult following with Stephen King. Uh, you know, people just can't wait for his books to come out. Yeah, and that's understandable. Uh, and you just think just about everything he does is great. There's even one that I saw listed because, I, of course, he wouldn't be anybody that I mean, I know of him, but I would never have thought of him as a cult person. But fans uh, of Justin Bieber, for example, they were they were calling themselves the Beliebers years ago. In addition to, you know, buying his music, attending his conference uh, con- concerts, you know, they were cult like cult like followers of the Beatles so much, in fact, that somebody killed John Lennon. Over it. So cults aren't anything new, but what are they? They're really, really dangerous. And, and you know, on today's show, I guess the big question for, uh, for me with lots of people is, do you know if you're actually have gone beyond being a fan and uh, are now into, um, you know, the level of being, uh, what can I say? A, you know, a cult, a cult kind of follower. And that I think is, um, really what we have with the Trump situation. And we have with, uh, you know, people that are now becoming cult like, with the anti-science, uh, anti-vaccine, um, uh, you know, anti, uh, anti-establishment, uh, you know, conspiracy model, uh, it's becoming cult-like where it defies all reason. But let me stick to the Trump stuff, not on a political level. The political level is fine for me. Hey, man, you want, you want business to, you want predatory capitalism and things like that? That's one thing. You don't give a shit about income inequality. That's one thing. You're prejudiced against people of color or Caucasian people or certain religions. And uh, you notice I use the word prejudiced. I didn't 
I'm not talking about a prejudice like in World War II where you want genocide, but you, you know, all that stuff. I'm not saying that's okay, but yeah, I get that. People don't like people who are different from them many times, people who are not, you know, developed in terms of their value systems and their morals or whatever, you know. But then you have people um, that have gone beyond that and can see, you know, the old, um, it's a funny saying to me, but it's a very serious one. You can piss down their neck and tell them it's raining and they'll believe that or say that's true. And this is what we have now. And it's best, the, the, the tipping point, I think, uh, there have been so many of them. But the tipping point, I think even for some who are in the beginning stages of the cult following, uh, is this Trump thing with the disinfectant thing, uh, you know, uh, and the light thing. Uh, I actually have started to unfollow people now. Not because they have a different religious or political belief, because I think they're dangerous. And I I don't think there's any convincing them um, at this point until they're deprogrammed or they have um, this environment um, modified somewhat where the stresses or strains or the crazy um, information that's coming towards them is is changed. Uh, you know, if, if that happens, <clears throat> you know, maybe they'll get better uh, to some degree and start seeing reality again. But the people in these cults and you might be a cult member or a cultist or have a cult mentality. If you um, are in a system, a belief system where you think it's an all encompassing belief system. So if, if you're saying that, hey, you know, I'm a socialist and that's an all encompassing belief system to you in every single way, you might be kind of a cultist in that area. And I've used Trump, but I'm, I'm a, was originally a, a very, very big Bernie supporter uh, from the first election. Uh, I went to the same school as Bernie um, Sanders. I like what he has to say. Uh, I know he's a sincere guy. Uh, He's not some kind of a communist or radical socialist. He's more like an FDR Democrat and uh, so on and so forth. I've been through that before. So, you know, I I also said during this election, uh, I didn't think he was really the guy that would um, be the best for the country right now. I actually thought somebody like Joe Biden would uh, and it's it's turned out that way. Uh, he wouldn't have been my first choice years ago. I think he's a decent guy. I think he's a good transition president. And he has something for Republicans, moderates, and Democrats. So he can reach across. He can bridge different things. However, now I'm saying I was on the front lines of Bernie and a Bernie supporter and a vehement, rabid Bernie supporter long before he was popular. And I mean, I was my little puppy that you hear barking sometimes. His name is Bernie, Bernie Sanders. He's yes. Bernie Sanders Wangland. Yes. That's what's on his dog collars because we love Bernie so much. When we got him as a puppy, I said, wouldn't it be funny? I always have funny names. Let's call him Bernie Sanders. 
And let me tell you, that goes over like a lead balloon sometimes when I'm walking the dog with people who love him. They come up and say, what is his name? And I say, Bernie. And then my wife always says, Bernie Sanders. Because now I've even had disagreements with my wife. She's a little bit more cult-like now. She is such a Bernie, bro. She's hardcore. Now, for me, I... I have no problem transitioning to another uh, person, not because I'm more developed mentally or anything else like that. I just realize how dangerous the other guy is. But a cult follower thinks there's only one encompassing belief system and everything else is it, it, it. You can't have that, that it's a tragedy. And that's what we see in many of the the, the, the Trump uh, you know, people. And there's article after article on experts on cults, not political experts, and things like inside the cult of Trump, president supporters like brainwashed sect members, the cult of Trump, what his foolish supporters refuse to recognize. A cult expert finds fam uh, familiar patterns of behavior in Trump's GOP. And it goes on and on and on. Many, many things. There's also talk about the Ozarks cult, uh, spiritual cults. Yes, are there women-led cults? All these kinds of things. So it's not just President Trump. And I think the Bernie bros uh, definitely be, have cult-like uh, tendencies. So let's be an equal opportunity employer here because they're very dangerous to us. So the first thing you, you may be like, you know, Jeff Foxworthy has that. Uh, you may be a redneck if you, you know, you could do that. You may be a liberal if you may be or whatever, but you may be a cult follower if you espouse an all encompassing belief system. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. You may be a cultist if you exhibit excessive devotion to and dependency on a perfect leader. So therefore, if some horse's ass gets up who is not a particularly bright person and starts saying to the doctor next door to him to, to, to spin out a bunch of bullshit to people and say, hey, can you take some disinfectant and blah, 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 blah. You know what people did? They went back and looked at injection of disinfectant and then they came up. I mean, you could just do a search on that. And so now there are people are saying, oh, he was talking about ozone therapy, IV, ozone IV infusions. And then, no, he wasn't. <laughs> the it's right. I'm not trying to make President Trump look bad. I'm just trying to say, no, it wasn't. I'm trying to make you, as the cultist who's not going to believe what I'm saying, realize that nobody is trying to uh, to sit there and put false words in, in your leader's mouth. You just can't handle the fact that he said something stupid. And that's crazy on your part because you have an excessive devotion to and a dependency on him being perfect. And nobody's perfect. The man was trained in his thinking by Roy Cohn, the famous crazy attorney, one of the nastiest attorneys in the history of America. 
who was the attorney for Joe McCarthy from the McCarthy hearings. That's all he's doing, folks. But you're not going to believe me and you're going to think that this is, you know, you know, putting your perfect leader down. OK, so you might be a cult member if you exist, if you exhibit that excessive devotion to and dependency on your perfect leader. You may be a cult member if you can't allow any criticism of the group, its leaders or its practices. How can you do that? How could you ever get better? How could you ever have a self-improvement? What if you go to the doctor and, the, you know, you have diabetes or you have another thing? You want the doctor to tell you what a great job you're doing, that it doesn't exist? You're really not fat. You're just, you know, your pants shrunk when they didn't. That's not reality. That's not reality-based. Everybody has imperfections. If you're a religious leader and, you know, you can't, you know, you can't, uh, if you have a sect and you can't be wrong, and you're not God. How can you be a religious leader? How can you, you know, I'm talking about Christianity or you could be Judaism or it could be anything. No, no sensible religion and has anything like that. So you should be able to avoid, you know, you should be able to handle criticism. Criticism doesn't mean negative, by the way. There are positive criticisms. I'm a psychology professor. I teach courses online. I, when I do a critique, a criticism of my students, I point out the things that they did right. With a minimal amount of things that require improvement. Catching people right is a greater reinforcer than, than, you know, than pointing out the wrong things. Now, I can see if you're a Trump supporter or Bernie supporter, you don't like, you know, who, a person who you think is a wonderful leader and has a belief system that you're in touch with. You don't want them to be criticized. Nobody likes that. But when you see something that they do that's kind of goofy or kind of criminal or kind of insane – you become the problem when you can't handle that because you've but you've jumped the line from being a a fan to a fanatic to being a cult member. And the next one is you have an attitude of disdain for non-members. You know? And the cult leaders, the grifters, and the people who are the bad people with this, you know, and those are the political uh, leaders, the uh, supporters, the advisors, the uh, cronies of uh, charismatic leaders. They want you to develop an attitude of disdain for other people who don't believe. And they become uh, a basket of deplorables if you're from the left. There was Hillary Clinton. She, you know, she did a terrible thing by making that statement. And uh, yeah, you know, just just named him as, you know, Trump supporters as a basket of deplorables that just reinforced them more. And that's not true. You know, at that point, uh, you know, snowflakes, libtards, you know, all the words you hear them all day long. And then you'll think people are just being politically divisive. They're not. They're being cult members. 
And the people who lead these cults make, they marginalize people. They want you to have an ad, you know, to, to reinforce this attitude of disdain for non-members and see them as threatening and, uh, you know, to see them as just being bad, bad people, you know. And one of the things that uh, happens when you're in a cult, you know, uh, one of the things that um, is, is really popular in cult, cults is that you then start saying that um, uh, things like the news, things like other parties, other people who uh, have different um, ideas, um, you know, all these kinds of things that it's fake news, that these are bad people. And, uh, you know, they come up with a whole list of people that you shouldn't trust so that you can stay focused on whatever the leader is saying. So again, don't trust news organizations. Don't trust the courts. Don't trust pollsters. Don't trust U.S. intelligence agencies. Don't trust unemployment numbers. And you want to know what? Don't even trust election results. You see, so you you are you are drinking the Kool Aid like the hail bop. Uh, people did with, um, you know, the leader there who told them that, hey, this is a mix of religion, UFOs and whatever. And he, he was getting you on all ends, you know. So people start denying reality. And we're doing the same thing. Look what Trump has done. Look what he's done. The list keeps growing. Intelligence agencies, you can't trust those. The FBI. You can't trust them. You can't trust the Justice Department. You can't trust climate scientists. You can't trust medical professionals uh, who aren't comfortable with, uh, you know, regressive GOP healthcare plans. You know, you, you can't trust them. You can't trust universities and you can't trust those eggheads. The authority, the charismatic leader and his minions for truth will tell us what's true, and others are not to be trusted. You know, that kind of stuff. And here's, excuse me, here's what George Orwell, you know, the guy who wrote 1984, famous book that people are always referring to that they probably haven't read in a long time. You know, what did he say? He said, the party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. It was their final most essential command. And it's really, really true, folks. When you are uh, when you are rejecting the evidence of your eyes and ears, it's the finest, excuse me, it's the final most essential command. You have gone over the brink. I don't know how to bring you back uh, if you're a cultist listening to this. Uh, maybe it makes you feel uncomfortable and you have to think you can still support your, you know, President Trump. But uh, if that's what you want to do, whoever you want, but you got to bring it down to where it's just on politics and you have to recognize uh, when things are just not right. You know, people have said you can't uh, compare Trump to Hitler or anything else like that, or other, uh, you know, terrible leaders like that. And he's not advocating for genocide or rounding people up and putting people in concentration camps. That would be a, a, a grave 
uh, lie. You know, he's looking for all the power. He's looking to be the king, uh, all those kinds of things like that. I couldn't see him rounding up anybody and, uh, you know, jailing them and torture it. No, I do not see him or uh, anybody wanting those things. I see people wanting to control all the strings of government and uh, control all the money and all those other things. That's a whole different kind of prison, you know? So I, I want to be straight with you. But, um, you know, this guy does the same thing uh, that Hitler did as a cult leader. Uh, that, you know, the rallies, the retribution, the vindictiveness that he has, putting people into uh, uh, a state of fear, uh, cultivating and breeding uh, all those kinds of things, you know, stacking, uh, you know, um, uh, stacking the, the truth and carefully engineering uh, how to tell lies and how to manipulate the medium. And that's what he does, because scientists know that if you hear a lie often enough, it starts to sound true. And it's called the illusory truth effect. The more you hear a false statement, the truer it starts to sound. Okay? And it's even true when you should know better. And I want you to remember that one. It's called the illusory truth effect. You know that. You can do it with anything. And scientists do that with experiments. They, you know, go, go into college classrooms and say things. And people say, what is that? that's why skeptics uh, in my courses, uh, the one thing as a college professor, you know, different than I, I guess if you are teaching high school or another, you really stress on critical thinking. What makes that so? Because of this illusory truth effect. So a constant stream of lies becomes so mentally taxing on you that your brain gives up. You know, it's called cognitive load. And when our, our cognitions, our mind, our resources are overburdened, you just say, fuck it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. You know, so it's a really interesting thing. And the last thing to think about, but uh, and there's so much of this on cults, is that if you're an ind individual, once you buy into the values of a cult belief system, you're hooked. It's like an addictive drug, and you're going to be continually fed reasons and explanations why extreme actions are are taken and you're going to be given twisted rationalizations for validation and you're all set up to believe them. You are enmeshed in that whole system. And that's why uh, people in cults uh, have to be deprogrammed because you're literally being brainwashed. You know, and if you don't believe believe me, retiring senator from Tennessee, and he's a Republican, Bob Corker, he openly worried that his party was becoming a cultish thing, marked by forced fidelity to President Trump, and other uh, other politicians have said, uh, I forget the one guy, uh, oh, what's his name? Excuse me, Representative Lamar Smith. From Texas. He's the chairman of the House Science Committee, and he advised Americans last year to get your news directly from the president. In fact, he said it might be the only way to get 
the unvarnished truth. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? Well, I hope this was a really, uh, you know, um, thought-provoking episode for you because it certainly was for me. I really enjoyed doing this. It makes me feel really better about the people that I see that are spouting uh, craziness. I feel that I understand uh, better why they are doing that. And um, hopefully they can get some help. And if they can't, uh, the rest of Americans have to understand that, yeah, we should have lots of different parties and beliefs and values and ideas, and all leaders can be good and bad and be somewhere in the middle. But anytime we get this level of extremism, uh, whether it be for uh, you know a small number of people for Bernie Sanders or a, a larger number of people for the president or people in other countries, it's not only not a good thing. It's a dangerous thing and it can kill us. And uh, that is, uh, you know, my feeling on that. Anyway, that's today's show. And uh, before I leave, I have to say what a week it has been uh, for, uh, you know, for uh, our, our show in terms of numbers. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, our uh, listening audience. Uh, keeps growing week by week. And uh, we've literally, uh, and, and we have a, a, a sizable number of people who listen to the show on a regular basis and go back and, and, and get uh, all the old shows because uh, we have almost 400 in the bag. Uh, and it just grows week by week. We've literally doubled our listening um, audience this week, uh, which is phenomenal. That's a I'm not talking about from 10 people to 20. I'm talking just large numbers of people. So thank you very much. And I want to start getting in the habit just for a couple of minutes of doing a shout out. We have markets that are, you know, that become very significant cities um, in listening to our show. And, um, you know, they're really interesting to see. Portland, Oregon, uh, Oregon. I just want to shout some of them out. Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, Tampa, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, Houston, Texas. Hello, people in Houston. St. Louis, one of my favorite places. Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma. I loved uh, Altus and uh, Tornado Country. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, a wonderful place. Uh, Columbus, Ohio, Boise, Idaho. Who knew? Anchorage, Alaska. We have a significant number of people in uh, Anchorage. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I lived in Georgia for many years. Love Atlanta. Seattle, Washington. Wilkes-Barre. I know who's down there. My friends were psychologists and everything else like that. Baltimore, Maryland. Charleston, South Carolina. Nashville, Tennessee. A lot of my buddies down there. Dallas, Fort Worth. I know a lot of people in Texas, and I'm glad they're liking the show. Uh, Los Angeles, fantastic, and, and good luck with this uh, pandemic. Greenville, South Carolina, wonderful state. Love the people in South Carolina. Bur Burlington, Vermont, Chicago, the windy city, baby. Uh, some of them I can't believe. Cheyenne, Wyoming, a big following we have uh, there. Buffalo, New York, uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, I don't know why they follow me. I'm a Yankee fan. <laughs> Los Angeles, a huge following in Los Angeles. And we have many, many more. Uh, we also have our list of foreign countries uh, growing all the time. Uh, the majority of our listening audience is in the United States, of course, but we have a significant number of people in other countries. 
and it's uh, really growing. We also uh, reach almost uh, all 50 states uh, in terms of our markets. I mean, we have the capacity there, but not every state. you know, it's, it's a very large number and uh, we're just tickled pink. That's just growing all the time because we've changed to a new platform, I have to say. So it's been very successful and we're getting a lot more exposure and a lot more support from people. And I thank you. And uh, there was another reason calling out all the names. It wasn't a boasting thing. It was uh, we're family. And uh, to the uh, these are the, the, the more major markets. But to the places that aren't the major markets or the places that aren't even listening, uh, we send out our love and our best wishes to be safe and, and just to be happy in life, uh, whether it has to do with the coronavirus or not. I know everybody's trying to do their best all over the world. So thank you for listening, as always, to Just Thinking. And we'll be back uh, tomorrow with another show. OK, so so long, folks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. Please feel free to follow and subscribe on whichever podcasting service you use for your podcasting needs and give us a rating and review for Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. And also you can check Stan out on Twitter. It's at S Wanglin. That's at S Wanglin. W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D on Twitter. And you can also follow all the great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network on our Instagram page, Reality Check Podcast Network, or on our Twitter at our podcast network on Twitter. And if you are interested in advertising or sponsoring your products, your services on this show, all you have to do is hit me up at wwrpodcast.com at gmail.com and find out about the great rates to advertise on shows like Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin and the many, many more great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network.